Welcome back to our look together through Revelation chapter 4, day 4. We're going to focus on verses 5 to 8 today as we continue this experience together with John describing to us the throne room of God. And that throne room, it's going to get a lot bigger today. Remember, on the throne, there is one with the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, circling the throne, encircling the throne as a rainbow, surrounding the throne, 24 elders. From the throne come this thunder and lightning. And then before the throne, before the throne are seven lamps and a sea of glass. Let me read for you the last part of verse 5 and the first of verse 6. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. As you read these verses, if you have any idea that this throne room experience of John, this moment that he has before the throne of God is some small room, this blows that totally out of the water. In this throne experience, there is an entire sea, but this sea, it is a sea of glass. There's many ideas of what that means, but one of them certainly is there's peace there. Seas are often places of storms. Your life is often a place of storm. But this sea, you've heard people say the sea was as calm as glass. And this sea is a sea of glass. It's a place of total calm, total peace, because God is totally in control. It's clear as crystal. There's nothing that's not seen there. That's what it's like to be in the presence of God. Before the throne, there are the seven lamps that were blazing. And he tells us what these represent, the seven spirits of God. And we've come across this several times as we've walked through the book of Revelation and reminded ourselves that seven is a sign, the number of perfection, and the spirit of God is a perfect spirit in our lives. John keeps coming back to God's spirit because I need God's spirit to understand the words that he's saying, and I need God's spirit to work in my life today to live out the kind of life that he wants me to live. God's Spirit's put into my life to empower my life. But here he is in heaven as well, in this throne room, this experience of God. Before the throne, there's this greatness of the Spirit of God. There's this greatness of this sea of glass and all who are worshiping there together. And then around the throne. Around the throne, there are four living creatures. And these four living creatures, as John describes them, for many of us, this first description is one of those places in the book of Revelation where we think, what does this book mean? Let me read for you these verses, the last part of verse 6 through verse 8, and then we'll see clearly what they mean. In the center, around the throne, John writes of his experience, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now, remember, John is just describing what he sees. It's not as if he is sitting down and thinking, what could I write that would encourage Christians today? Let me write the story of some picture of a throne room in heaven and make up these ideas. That's not what's happening here. John was called up to heaven by God, and he saw these things, and he's describing what he sees. And as he describes what he sees, he sees exactly what Isaiah the prophet and Ezekiel the prophet had seen before him. Every reader would have immediately picked up on this. 
Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2 says, Seraphim stood before him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And remember that those angels in the book of Isaiah, they sang the song, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He sees what's always been in heaven, these angels worshiping before God. And then as he describes the four living creatures, he describes exactly what Ezekiel saw. Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 5 and 10 says, In the fire was, one, was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was that of a man. Their faces were like this. See if this sounds familiar. Each of the four had the face of a man, and on the right side each had the face of a lion, and on the left the face of an ox, and each also had the face of an eagle. So there they are, the same things. You have the man, you have the lion, you have the ox, and you have the eagle. They're describing the same experience in heaven, the experience of what's happening before the throne of God. Now, what do these things represent? The lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. Well, many people think character qualities, the character qualities of who God is, the strength of God, the patience of God, the power of God, the freedom that God brings into our lives. But others also point to the fact especially because of how Ezekiel writes in the Old Testament about these, that they also represent areas of human government, the ways that we want to govern. But the truth is, in the end, God's the one who will govern. God is the one that we hang on to. As you look through the pictures of what happens with these four living creatures, we're getting pictures of who God is and how he wants to be at work in our lives. God wants to be at work in your life like a lion, like a ox, like a man, like an eagle. He wants to give you the strength that you need for today. He wants to give you the power that you need to be patient, to power through the difficulties of life. He wants you to give you the freedom that you need for life. In the wings, you see in the angels the quickness that they had, the availability that they had before God. So there is also in here the picture for you and I of what you and I want to be before God and who he is. I want to be quick to be available. Now, some people read this and they read the eyes that are on these angels. And to us, it sounds like an ugly picture. Too many eyes. I don't want to see all eyes. But to them, as they read this, the, the idea of an eye, of being able to see something, was an incredibly beautiful idea. And much of the world today suffers from what's called information overload, and we think that we see and know everything, and we're wrong. We really don't see the most important things at all. In the ancient world, they had a better understanding of this, I think because they didn't have the internet. They didn't have 24-hour news. They knew what they didn't know. And knowing what they didn't know caused them to know that they needed to know. They needed to see things they didn't see. And God says, I'm enabling you to see what cannot be seen in any other way, to see with eyes of the heart. So they had these wings of quickness and availability, but there were the eyes of intelligence and perception. The lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. Why would I say areas of government? Well, four... There are numbers that are associated with things all through the book of Revelation. Seven is a number of perfection. And as you read through Revelation, as you read through prophecy, even in the Old Testament, four is almost always associated with a number of government. So these creatures are somehow associated with God's government, the way God is running the created universe. We have our human government, how we want to run things, but God governs things. He controls for eternity. This throne, this throne that we're before with God, it is a place of holiness. But what I love about these verses is that they remind us, as the angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They remind us that God's holiness is meant to touch your life. 
for many of us, when we hear the word holy, we think that's something distinct and different and separate from me. That's not what holy means at all. The holy God wants to be a part of your life. God wants to cause you to be distinct and separate and different from this world. He wants to bring the government, the control, the work that his will in this world, he wants to bring it into this world through your life, through who you are. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The amazing thing to me as I read these verses is that, is that God calls you and I holy as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. He calls us saints, which means holy ones. Jesus tells us that we are meant to be holy. The letters of the New Testament tell us again and again that God calls us to a life of holiness and has given us the gift of his holiness. So this throne room of heaven, this place that we look forward to one day, there is some small measure in which God wants you to experience that in your life today. Not just in your thoughts. That's where it starts. He is a holy God. But also, also in your words, the way that you speak to people today. Also in your actions, the way that you treat people today, the decisions that you make today. Also in your plans, the way that you're planning out your life. Also in your attitudes, attitudes about money, attitudes about calendar, attitudes about people, attitudes about, attitudes about yourself. God wants to bring the holiness of this throne room into your life today. How can he do that? What in your life do you need to do to be singing holy, holy, holy? Lord God Almighty, Isaiah when he experienced this throne room like John is experiencing it here over in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah says, woe to me. I am a man of unclean lips. How could I even experience something like this? And you may feel the same way. You see the uncleanness in your life. You see, you see the humanity. But the truth of the matter is Jesus Christ wants to come into your life and bring holiness into your life. That is what this throne room is all about, what God wants to be about in your life. How can he do that today? How can I trust him for that today? Let's pray together. And as you pray, just say, Jesus Christ, help me not only to look to your holiness, help me to experience it. I am a man, I am a woman of unclean lips, you might pray. I see, I see the thoughts that I have, the words that I say, the things that I've done. And God, you see them too but you've forgiven them in Jesus Christ. And you have set out a new path for me to live. Help me to walk in holiness today. Help me to make the choices that would please you, to say the words, to act towards people in ways that would please you. When I stumble and fall, help me to look to you for forgiveness in a way that would please you and then begin to walk in holiness again. Thank you, God, that you're a holy God. And thank you through Jesus Christ that you give the gift of your holiness into my life. That's beyond understanding to me. But help me to live out in my life today that which is beyond understanding, the greatness of who you are. In your name I pray, amen. And join us tomorrow for our last day of Revelation chapter four. We're gonna to worship together the one who's on the throne. <laughs>